0: winning cures everything now for your hosts gary and chris welcome in. winning cures everything number 250 we have got a lot to discuss we're closing down on the college football season college football week 12 recap is today our playoff predictions our winning cures everything top 10 and we got a special guest in the house no chris today no chris today Uh, As always, the show is brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can find more information on all six of their awesome sports books over at tunicatravel.com. You can always follow us on social media, facebook.com slash Everything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. Let's quit wasting your time. Let's jump into this thing. The college football week 12 recap... Brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six awesome sports books down there Fitz Casino, Hollywood Casino, Samstown Casino, First Jackpot Casino, Gold Strike Casino, and Horseshoe Casino. Six of them. You can find more information over at tunicatravel.com. Go check that thing out. You can also check us out over at winningcureseverything.com. Everything you need to know about us social media, YouTube, podcasts, our picks, everything else, winningcureseverything.com. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Help us out a little bit. We got a special guest. I'm Pops. not Chris. Pops is here. Chris is is gone. He is in Disney World. Here, let's make sure we got we got that mic where you can actually hear you. So, it, get, give me a test. Give can me a test. you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, we're good on that now. All right. So he's not used to that. This is my dad. So you want to go by Lee or James or, or what? Lee. You, we'll do Lee today. All right, Lee's good. And I I may I may just call you Pops, but either way. So, let's uh let's jump into this thing. Yesterday was a dud in a way, but for the most part kind of interesting. I mean, at the Ohio State Maryland game was interesting. We'll start off with that. So, Maryland fails to convert a two-point conversion, which they should have converted. Which they should have converted. Don't forget talking at Mike. <laughs> They should have converted that. It it was wide open, wide open pass. Uh, P. Grome, is that how you say his name? I I, I don't even know. Uh, Failed to convert that. He missed a wide open guy. But on the day, Ohio State gave up 8.63 yards per play. That defense is atrocious. On the year, they are giving up 5.91 yards per play. That is number 85 in the country. That is tied with two other teams. Do you know the other teams? No, I have no idea. Rutgers and UCLA. Yeehaw. Yeah. It's uh it's real bad. It's I'm talking awful. Urban Meyer throughout the game, and I don't know how much of this you watched, constantly having headaches. He's throwing his headset, he's like he's bending over in obvious pain. He's done this multiple games this year. That's what I was gonna say. I think we've seen this before. I think and not this is, just this year. No, this was this was Florida back in twenty ten, right? Yeah. Like that's that's what this is leading to. He's now now I have seen this before where everybody kind of counts him out and then I mean, does he beat Michigan this weekend? Like I, it's not out of the realm of possibilities because if, if he beats Michigan, I think they're getting in the playoffs.
1: I don't know that they get into the playoff even if they beat Michigan and beat them soundly
0: because of of how bad they've looked all year
1: because of how bad they've looked all year and you can't lose to Purdue by, by three touchdowns, touchdowns. Yeah. I mean it's it, especially this Purdue
0: it. team that has now lost two in a row and three of their last four after beating Ohio State they're five and six they got to win at Indiana this coming weekend just to make a bowl game uh, and a lot of this could be, like I've also seen this, Tom Herman did the same thing when he knew he was getting the Texas job, he mailed it in. So, you know, how much of this is Jeff Brom just saying, okay. I'm going to Louisville. I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. Uh, they did put up a fight. I mean, they put up 44 points. But either way, that's uh, that was not a huge game. Wisconsin did win that ballgame, though. Uh, Ohio State, I don't know what to make of them. Like, obviously, they can score with anybody, but this puts them in the same conversation. Like, they're basically Oklahoma, right? Like, I don't think they're garbage. I think they could get stopped sometimes if they need them. Maybe. Maybe. But at the same time, like, this is another one of those. Who have they actually beaten? Like, Penn State, and that's, who has anybody beaten this year? There are so many three-loss teams. There's only two teams in Power 5 Nobody that can have play. two losses. Nobody that's, can play anymore. No, it's you've got your top eight, and then everybody else is nah. Every it's like nine. <laughs> Put them all in nine, a bag yeah. and pull one out. Nine through sixty is the same team. Yeah, the same. Like they anybody can beat anybody on any day, except for the bunch that's down in the hundreds, like Arkansas, like we saw yesterday against Mississippi State. That was terrible. That was a bad, bad ball game. Uh, here, I, I know this is one that that you had to enjoy. Ping pong. We're gonna go over to game number two that we uh, that, well, topic two that we'll discuss. Oklahoma State forty-five, West Virginia forty-one. Taylor Cornelius thirty out of forty-six, three hundred thirty-eight yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions. He also had thirteen carries for one hundred six yards and a touchdown. And my favorite running back name of the entire year: Chuba <laughs> Hubbard. 26 carries, 134 yards. He had five catches for 24 yards and one touchdown. This sets up Texas in the Big 12 title game, and we'll get to Texas next. But West Virginia on the road is a completely different team from West Virginia at home. Which which leads to Oklahoma. Which leads to Oklahoma going to Morgantown next week. We know that Oklahoma cannot stop anybody. Is West Virginia going to be able Looks like to, West Virginia can't stop with, anybody. Especially not on the road. Yeah. Like they they're terrible on the road. Um What what do we make of Oklahoma State extending the bowl streak and like this was fun to see Taylor Cornelius, a fifth-year senior. He won the starting quarterback job. Nobody really thought that he would. What what do we make of this? Like it do you I don't know what to make of West Virginia. I don't know what to make of anybody in the Big 12.
1: Nobody can play.
0: <laughs> but this goes across I'll the keep, country, right? I keep saying it. Nobody can play. Yeah. That's uh, that's what i
1: They can all play offense. Everybody's learning how to play offense in the 7-on-7 camps when they're in high school.
0: Well, that's something that I... Like, in my top 10, it's something I'm going to point out. So, I, I've got numbers up here that kind of distinguish between, you know, it, defense and offense. And it, you'll see that here in a little bit. But I... If you can't... that people have... Let's move off of Oklahoma State. Let's move off of that. Let's jump into Texas. Texas 24, Iowa State 10. Tom Herman knows that defense wins games. Now, he doesn't have the team that he wants just yet. But, but he's getting he has, there. Yeah, he they outgained Iowa State yesterday 405 to 210 yards. The rushing yards difference was 179 to 62. Like, that is... As we have always said on the show, run the ball, stop, stop the run. That. You're going to win more games than you lose if you do that. Sam Ellinger went out with an injury. That's kind of scary. It's a it's an AC joint. Did you see what this was? Something with a shoulder. Something with the shoulder. Um, but Shane Bichelle came in, 10 out of 10, 89 yards, one touchdown, and they ran the ball effectively the whole time. Like it, This game was never in doubt. It was 24-3 to before Iowa State scored a, a late fourth-quarter touchdown. In uh, Texas winning this game, and then if they beat Kansas this week, then Texas will be in the Big Ten or Big Twelve championship game against either Oklahoma or West Virginia. So at this point, Texas owns the tiebreaker over Oklahoma. So if both of them have two losses, Texas gets in. And now that West Virginia has lost a second conference game, if they lose to Oklahoma, they now have three, and now you have Texas Oklahoma in the Big Twelve championship game again which is it everything was set up for the Big 12 to cannibalize themselves and West Virginia to to win in Morgantown over Oklahoma and then play them again the next week in Arlington and then lose that one because West Virginia at home is a different team than West Virginia you know elsewhere so at will you know I'm going to skip ahead I'm going to skip ahead we got these out of the way let's move over to Oklahoma I should have put that in there. Oklahoma 55, Kansas 40. Now, before we start talking about Les Miles, before we bring up the hat, Oklahoma can obviously score. But they gave up 40 points at home to Kansas. They can't hem up a pig in a ditch. Did you see <laughs> the yards per carry that that Kansas got? No. 9.7 yards per run yesterday. 330-something yards. Yards rushing. It was the most ridiculous thing because, so I've got the, the Apple TV and I've got my iPad and I've got my laptop and I've got like six games on at a time, and I'm watching this game. When it got to be thirty-five to twenty-four, it, it was right before Kansas scored that that touchdown to make it twenty-four, and Kansas could move the ball almost at will on this team. So, I looked up yards per play. Oklahoma gives up 5.8 yards per play, which is actually better than Ohio State. They are number (laughs) 78 nationally. Um, And we'll get into more about the yards per play thing, but like, ESPN has been shouting for months now, it feels like probably just weeks, that Oklahoma is one of two or three teams that could give... Alabama a ball game because they can score. Oklahoma won a 28 to 21 overtime game against Army because Army kept the football for like 41 minutes of the or 40 it was almost 45 minutes of the ball game. Oklahoma had it for 15 minutes. If you cannot stop somebody from running the football, Alabama, Clemson, Michigan, Notre Dame, those teams will eat you alive. If Oklahoma does win out, do they belong in the playoff? I don't think so. It's, now, what would be a reason to put them in? Like, just for the stylistic challenge?
1: What you've got with Oklahoma this year is the same thing that you had with Oklahoma last year. Well, yeah. they're, they're not going to give you anything that anybody else out of the Big 12 wouldn't give you. That's true. So...
0: And it, it, to say that, it's kind of the same thing with Washington State, right? Only Washington State is a – they are a better defensive team. They're a little bit better defensively. But how much of that is playing in the Pac-12? against? <laughs> that's <you know? laughs> that's I mean, true. Like, the fact that Ohio State plays in the Big Ten and they still give up the 85th most yards per play in the country is just astounding. Like it's it's unbelievable, because you're playing Michigan State and you're playing Rutgers and you're playing, you know, like how do how are you giving up that many yards? Uh, just bananas. Uh, let's talk about the the big game of the day. Game day did not go here, but this was in the Bronx. It was at Yankee Stadium. Notre Dame thirty six, Syracuse three. Eric Dungy went out early with an injury. Obviously, that played into the game, uh, but I don't think it would have made any difference whatsoever.
1: He brings an awful lot to their offense.
0: Is it just from a leadership role? Or... Well, it's,
1: it's from a leadership role, but in addition to that, he runs the football a lot.
0: And a lot better than Tommy DeVito. And a lot
1: better than DeVito.
0: See, I feel like DeVito is better fit for, for Baber's offense. I don't think he's ready for it. He's not. He's still too young. Yeah. So I, I think Syracuse, I believe, will be better next year. Like they they're getting some transfers in that will be eligible next year. The recruiting class is is much better. They they're going to be a better team. They're another year in Babers system. Uh, what they've done this year is pretty astounding. Like it's Syracuse, winning the number of games that they have is just nuts. Uh, the yards differential here four sixty three for Notre Dame two thirty four for Syracuse. How do you feel about this? Syracuse kicked a field goal with ten seconds left in the ball game. Like. At that point, I mean, why not just go for the score? A twenty-eight-yard field goal, just so you can say you didn't get shut out. Like, is that is that the whole? But like, why do we want football to? I don't know. It, 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 seeing that, like, yes, to take away or to take a shutout away from somebody, there's a little bit of pride in that, right? Yes, but it just seems kind of ridiculous. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but none of it matters. With ten seconds left in the ballgame, none of that mattered. Like you knew who the better team was in the first two minutes of that ball game, and it yeah. was never going to be close. Notre Dame was focused on this game. Uh they're a really good football team and people have been people have been talking about whether or not Michigan would deserve to go in over an undefeated Notre Dame team, which is just a ridiculous narrative since Notre Dame beat them. Now, the other side of this is if Notre Dame were to lose this game, okay, then do you have an argument? Because Notre Dame's still... I don't
1: think so because Notre Dame changed
0: quarterbacks. Yeah.
1: And, and Notre Notre Dame's Offensively, they are much better than they were when they played Michigan.
0: Ian Book is... And Chris and I talked about this in our previews early in the season. Or, or, well, before the season. Before the season. How started. we felt like because Wimbush was... Just such a terrible passer. Brian Kelly's offense requires somebody that can actually accurately throw the football. And Book showed multiple times last year. I mean, he was the hero of, of the comeback against LSU. It's, it was basically... And, and it didn't get nearly the play that, that Tua versus Jalen did for Alabama. But it was the same situation. You got a guy that's your, your team leader that... Is a playmaker. He can run the football. Not great throwing the football, but he's serviceable. You know, and and he led him to a good record last year. But you see the difference in this football team when you've got a guy that that can run the plays from the offensive coordinator. Well, it's, there's, it's just different. There's too many
1: defensive guys around now that understand what all the old coaches in the old SEC knew. Stop the run. Yeah. And make the other team beat you throwing the football. Yeah. And if you don't have somebody that can throw
0: it. Uh, then you can run into problems. You're in trouble. At, at any point. At any point, you can run into problems. Let's move on to the ACC. We've got our, our championship game set. Clemson 35, Duke 6. Uh, Duke was actually up 6 to uh early in this game, after the first quarter. <laughs> Real early. And then <laughs> – And then it just all went away. It was 14-6 at the half. Trevor Lawrence looks unbelievable. Um, David Cutcliffe came out afterwards and said that this is the best team that he has faced in his 11 seasons in Durham. Do you buy that? Is this a better Clemson team than the Clemson team that won the national championship? I personally don't think so. But they're not far off. So talent-wise, I think they have more talent now than they did. I think the quarterback is still a little inexperienced, but Lawrence, I believe, is a, a better true passer. But he's getting there quick. He's getting there. He's definitely getting there. Um but I I just there was something about that team two years ago that I don't know that this one has. Now this one does have a, a killer instinct, right? So yeah. when they when they smell blood in the water, they are they are going for the kill, but they haven't played anybody that can punch them in the mouth. Like, with Duke, it's like, you know, okay, well, they they hit you with with socks on. You know, (laughs) like, it it wasn't a whole lot. Um, Had Duke scored a couple of touchdowns early? Maybe. Then you might have a different story. But the only difference
1: that I see in this this Clemson team is that they don't have Deshaun Watson. And it's not from a talent standpoint. It's from a leadership standpoint.
0: Yeah. Um, Who is the leader of this football team? Right. And and I don't know that it, they didn't have it last year. No. Like Kelly Bryant, they people would say that he, yeah, was, the he was there the later, team. but he wasn't. But he wasn't. Um, and I don't know who it is this year. Like I, I'm kind of surprised that things didn't implode a little bit when they switched from Bryant to Lawrence because of the way that everything went down. But you know, when you're winning, everything feels pretty good. When they escaped Syracuse, I think that's what.
1: Well and add to that the fact that, that Dabo is such a player's coach. Oh yeah. All those kids love him to death. And And they'll go to war for him. And they'll go to war for him. So
0: hmm. Yeah. Uh Pitt thirty four, Wake thirteen. Not Pitt, surprising. Pitt is on a six game winning streak. They've they've covered six straight. They can run the football. Although Wake did I mean, they just put eight guys in the box and said, You're gonna have to throw it. And they did. And like they, they were did. able to do it. Uh, Pitt still ran the ball, I think, 48 times. And it Goodness. was 3.3 yards per carry. So, like, you know, take for that what you will. Uh, they're, they're not going to give up on the run. But if you make them throw it, they got a guy that can throw it. Does Pitt have any chance of beating Clemson? Like, obviously, they've got Miami this week. And it's at Miami. And Miami just secured their bowl game with a win over Virginia Tech, which... That, that is getting ugly in Blacksburg quickly. Um what happened to Justin? I don't think it's so much Fuente. I think I think Bud Foster has kind of like because this is a lot of this is defensive. Yeah. But they've also and Chris and I talked about this before the season. Virginia Tech had like seventy five percent of their roster are underclassmen right now. And they lost a ton of guys on defense before the season even started lost, like, three more starters in the middle of the year. Like, they've just – they're super inexperienced. They lost their starting quarterback back against Old Dominion, and he hadn't come back yet. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's bad stuff. It's bad stuff down there right now. Uh, I would not be shocked to see some staff changes, and I wouldn't be shocked to see Bud Foster gone. Like, I know that's that's crazy, but he's been there forever. If they are figuring out that he is not meshing with with Fuente and what they're trying to do on offense, then it might be time to bring in some new blood. It, the Virginia Tech defense had its spots in the latter years of Frank Beamer, but there were still times that they would absolutely get run all over. And it was not a, a Beamer problem. It was a defense problem. Yeah, And... They brought in an offensive guy to fix that side of the ball. Well, I mean, when your starting quarterback goes down, and you know your recruits are still really, really young, like obviously you got to have time to to build it back up. In his first season, he went ten and four and went to the ACC championship game and nearly beat uh, Clemson. You know, and that was the national championship year. So last year, you know, it fall off, but go to a bowl game. This year, no bowl game, no nothing. Like it's (laughs) it's bad juju. Uh, But back to Pitt and Clemson. Does Pitt have a shot at all of of possibly punching Clemson in the mouth? To quote that great American
1: poet, Yogi Berra, 90% of this game's half mental.
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah, they got a chance if Clemson doesn't show
0: up mentally. Is there a chance that that they don't show up? Because that... I mean, they haven't had a lot of spots that they have to get up for. Right? Like it... I mean, you you kind of have to manufacture storylines to like get these guys <laughs> interested in playing. Either that or they just play out of pride. I mean, yeah? I mean, but for an ACC Championship game, that's something to play for. Yes, it is. Because you you saw it with Florida State years ago when they played Duke in the uh, ACC Championship game. If they like when they played Duke early in the year, it would have been Thirty five to ten, something like that. Instead in the ACC championship game, it was seventy to three. So Clemson is immensely more talented. If if Pitt is able to run the football, I think they got a shot. But I mean the line on this thing is going to be four touchdowns, easy.
1: Well, and I don't think they can run it. And I don't no. think Clemson will have to put eight in the box to stop it.
0: Uh no. No. As a matter of fact, I think they could probably stop it with their down four. <laughs> UCLA thirty four, USC twenty seven. Ugly Clay Helton, on if he will return, told a reporter that's a great uh, a, a great question for Mr. Swan,
1: the athletic director.
0: Yeah, um, is he gone? I mean, how much does a, a Pac-12 championship and a Rose Bowl championship in your first two years buy you there?
1: I go back to my whole solid. Nobody can play anymore. If you stick with him one more year, he may win
0: you another Rose Bowl. Yeah, I mean it's possible. Cuz nobody out there can play. It's that's what's crazy. Like USC I feel like is held to a higher standard than just Pac-12 standards. But the other side of this is if you look at their recruiting rankings right now, I mean they've got you know 5 four stars and like eight three stars no five no five stars like that that is a telling sign but usc is one of those that normally jumps in at the last minute and gets them but now with the early signing period in december what do you make of this i i think he's probably gone because i think for usc to become successful again i think they have to go outside of the family again
1: but where do they go
0: That is a fantastic question. I was actually going to ask you that. (laughs) I'm (laughs) lost. So the rumor is like James Franklin might have worn out his welcome in College Station, but I think he's always been a Northeastern guy. Yeah. So, but but if you've got if it's a good coach, you don't necessarily have to have ties to that place. You go out and hire you a staff that has ties to that place. If you've got the guy like the head guy that is a fantastic coach. It doesn't matter where they're from or or what they do or what they know. Like, Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State, he is already out recruiting what Dan Mullen did in his nine years. And Mullen had, you know, his ties to the Southeast and all that kind of crap. Well, Moorhead had nothing, but Moorhead hired guys that had the ties. If you've got a guy that you believe in, I don't think it matters. But now, saying that, I don't think you go hire Neil Brown from Troy... To go out to <laughs> yeah. USC, like and, USC's a bigger job,
1: and that's part of the problem with Clay. Yeah, Clay is a Southeastern guy. Oh yeah, even though he spent some time on the West Coast,
0: I mean, uh, it, yeah, it's uh, now do they? I don't know who you go with. I mean, T T Martin, like if they don't fire Clay Helton, you gotta get rid of T, and you get but the problem is like then you lose whatever recruits you got because T is about the only one recruiting out there. Like, that USC thing is a dumpster fire waiting to happen. And it that game yesterday with UCLA and them felt like two programs just passing in the night. Yes. Like, that's exactly what it was. It was UCLA is on the comeuppance, and USC is, is headed back down. And I don't know when they'll be able to get it fixed. Uh, Maybe they could hire Lane again. Boy, that would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> say, hey, I'm all for it. Like, anybody, any Power 5 program that wants to hire Lane Kiffin Please, you will give me content for years. <laughs> Alabama 50, Citadel 17. Now, obviously, this isn't one that we would normally talk about, uh, but it was 10-10 to 10 at the half. It was a huge national story. Everybody's on upset alert, and, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? Well, I mean, we saw what happened in the second half. 40-7 in the second half. Alabama finally woke up. Have they played an 11 a.m. game this year? Yeah, they've played a couple, and— no, they played, they played Arkansas, but that was an SEC game. I think they were fired up for that one. It, this was just a dead spot for Alabama. Like, between, after LSU and Mississippi State, two emotional, defensive, you know, just grind them out games, then you got this dud right before you play Auburn, and then Georgia. So, I mean, what do you kind of expect, right? So, there was no brace for Tua. He looked... Much healthier than he has in weeks. Yes. He was running around, scaring every Alabama fan to death. When will SEC teams stop scheduling lower-level triple-option teams because of cut blocks and the risk of injury?
1: Well, in Saban's defense, when they scheduled this game, the Citadel wasn't playing the
0: triple-option. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) They weren't running it. I I actually – so – My wife brought that up to me yesterday. She was watching and she sees these guys go at the Alabama lineman knees, and she said, "Why would they even schedule this game?" And I said, "Really? Yeah, Uh, because well, because I kept pointing out, obviously, I'm. You see what they're doing? Like it's you know it's dangerous. Like if somebody's gonna get their knee taken out, and you know several guys did have lower leg injuries, and you hate to see that before uh, rivalry games and SEC title games and whatnot, but." Um, I told her that when the game was scheduled which was eight nine ten years ago that Citadel was not a triple option team and now they are but the game is on the books and after the Georgia Southern game back in 2011 with the uh, the shit through a tin horn statement like, no, I don't think Saban did this one on purpose. I no. don't think he ever wants to play a triple option team before Auburn. <laughs> what was the What was the note that they put up
1: yesterday? Oh, Peter, Peter Burns, you're talking yeah. about
0: where he said uh, there's there's three, three different... times that you don't want to play a triple option team. That is the first game of the season, the last game of the season, or anywhere in the middle of the season. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want to play them you if you don't want to have play to. Them. Now, the good thing is that Georgia will get to play one that is a little bit. Bigger and better uh, this week before the SEC championship game. So, but I don't think that Georgia Tech has to do the same things that teams like the Citadel do, right? When you're going up against, like, when you were completely outmanned, just at, the weight difference is so high, you are going at the knees every time. You were you were going for cut blocks like down the field, and you and I talked about this before. They they don't. They don't call it anymore. It's a, you. You can't do it five yards past the line of scrimmage, right? Right. But they don't call it anymore. So, like, even in the secondary, these guys are, are still doing cut blocks.
1: Well, nobody calls anything anymore.
0: Right. You, you're right about that. <laughs> Except it. targeting. Yeah, they they will they will drop a flag on targeting. Like if you breathe on somebody the wrong in a way, heartbeat. But will the... will they ever stop scheduling? triple option teams because of that, because of the risk of injury? I don't think so. I don't I don't think you can avoid
1: it. It's it all comes back to money and who you can get to play you at home that doesn't expect a game in return.
0: And there are very few and, and the FCS is full of triple option teams.
1: And the reason that they're full is because that they're all undermanned. Yeah. And they try to do things that will allow them to be competitive and that's one of the things that you can do to be competitive yeah. is bring something that nobody sees but once a year
0: yeah so and that's how you end up in ten ten 10 ball games at halftime with the number one team in the country yes because they had not seen it at all this year and, well I
1: whew. I think their defense played well um
0: that's Citadel with, or Alabama Alabama
1: yeah I, th- I thought it was with fine. what with what they were facing it, it, Their problem did not seem to be defensive intensity at all or a lack of understanding what they were playing. Their problem seemed to be that their offense didn't show up. It's the same thing that they went through after they built a 14-point lead with Mississippi State. Yeah. It's almost
0: like... (laughs) Like they were put on a pedestal and... Well,
1: it's almost like there's, there's something going on with... The calls that are being made to maybe keep them
0: from scoring so much. Now I had not thought about that. I- explain that to me. Like what? What would be the purpose of not scoring so much? Well, or is it maybe like giving teams uh, a glimmer of of confidence before you demolish them <laughs> when you get to them?
1: Well, I don't know that it's it's giving teams a false hope but you're not putting anything else on film for them to look at number one
0: okay okay number I two do see that.
1: you're going against what you have done all year which breaks your trends
0: okay it makes people look at other things so it, that is an interesting way of uh of looking at that. I had not thought about that. I thought maybe they were just playing against some pretty good defenses.
1: It's an old school Like process. yesterday,
0: I do feel like in the second half, they had to open the playbook a little more. They did. And once they did that, I mean, obviously they just ran off touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And it was, at that point, it was done. Like yes. I, the, the first two touchdowns of the second half, one was a fumble return, the other was, uh, was a two-up pass or whatever. At that point, the game was done. They keep two out for just a little bit longer, and then fourth quarter comes and it's jailing time. Which yes. Did that surprise you? He's back so quickly from a an high-angle spring.
1: Um, yes and no. I, I thought maybe they'd hold him out another week. But I think what they said in the press conference after the ball game yesterday was that they wanted to get him some playing time just to knock the rust off.
0: Yeah, and okay. just in case you need him for Auburn or something like that, like yes. you don't want his first game action in a month to be against Auburn's defensive line. No, like that would be a disaster. Uh, let's move on from that. Let's talk about uh, we we got to run through these fairly quickly. Utah thirty, Colorado seven, and Washington State sixty nine, Arizona twenty eight. Uh, those two games. Well, and then the other side of this, Washington beats Oregon State uh, by nineteen or something. I mean, it was just whatever they could have named their score. Uh, and they named it a very short margin because Oregon State's new coach Jonathan Smith is Chris Peterson's former offense coordinator. Um, Colorado, Mike McIntyre fired this morning. We saw that. What does Colorado do? Like, do you, do you go with somebody that has Pac-12 ties that can get into California, or do you go with somebody that has been the traditional guy for Colorado, which is somebody that has Texas ties? Like, I think what Kentucky did with Mike Stoops, where he said, all the SEC is going for down here. We're going to go for Ohio. Like, we're going to try and sell stuff to Ohio. Like, well, if you're in the Pac-12, do you try and sell the Pac-12 to people from Texas? Or do you just try and, like, what are the expectations here? Who Who can you get? All depends on what the
1: university wants to do. If the university wants to get in the football business, then they'll go find somebody either from Texas or California because there's just not an awful lot of high school talent in Colorado. There's not no. a lot. In well, it.
0: and the best player that they've got is actually from Texas. Like LaVisca Chenault is yeah. from Texas, and he hadn't played a whole lot this year, but McIntyre going from 5-0 and to 5-6 and this year was – pretty interesting so I, I thought maybe they would wait and see what happened in the Cal game they did not wait for that it, this, this dude went 10-4 two years ago went 5-7 last year he's 5-6 and six this year I think they're finally just done with it and that on top of the I guess kind of hiding uh, domestic assault by one of his assistants uh, early in the se- or last offseason whatever it was just a train wreck situation over there Washington State, 69, Arizona, 28. Gardner Minshew with seven touchdowns. Do you want to go to Alabama and be a backup, or do you want to come out here? <laughs> and be a Heisman Trophy and, finalist. And end up in New York. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty easy sell. But it, now, Chris and I have talked about this on the show, and I said the point like of him going to Alabama was he wants to go into coaching after he's done. Who better to learn from than Nick Saban? Unless you have been brought up in air raid systems your entire quarterbacking life, and the guru of the air raid system wants you to come and play quarterback for him for a year, yeah, like that is a hundred percent the sell because I don't think anybody saw this coming from Washington State. Uh, this sets up Washington State versus Washington, the Apple Cup, for uh, that Pac-12 division, and then Utah handled the Pac-12 South, so. It will be Utah against one or the other and Utah has played both of them already this year. Now they lost both of those games. That's their two of their conference losses. Um, would Utah State are you would Utah have any chance against Washington State? Washington would, State actually plays a little defense. They are number 40 in the country in against uh, uh Against Pac twelve offenses. Well, against Pac twelve offenses, but forty in the country in yards per play yeah. on defense. Pac twelve offenses have known to to put up points. Yes. That's pretty impressive. Like they are yes. they are really doing some good things and, and
1: and their points per game does not look bad.
0: No, their their points per game is, is significantly bad. I mean, they gave up twenty eight to Arizona, but they were up like fifty five to fourteen at the half. Yeah. It was a disaster. And, and Leach, of course, at halftime said, well, we're only about halfway there. and, and everybody's going, God, is he going for a hundred? Like no, he, he was going to not get anybody hurt uh, because next week is is the big game. They have not beaten Washington since he's been there. This could be the year. Where is like, that ball game? It is in Pullman. So Washington going to Washington State could be interesting. Yes. Could be very interesting. Uh, they will be fired up in the pollutes for sure. UCF 38, Cincinnati 13. Did you watch any of this?
1: I watched enough to know that uh, UCF's a
0: good football team. Yeah. They absolutely are. That Cincinnati, three turnovers, two missed field goals, a turnover on downs. They had their spots. The yardage total makes it look like, eh, it might have been a closer game. 402 to 379. UCF actually uh, outgained them, but it was – not by much. It was not close though. Uh, but the go, the ball game was never in doubt. No, never in doubt. It was what twenty one to six at the half, I think. And and yep. UCF could have named their score. Um, yeah, it's a good football team, and and they changed coaches, and they still look good. They they lost some NFL talent, and you know they they are stockpiled there. Yes, now, they are. But. Is there any chance that they can actually sneak their way into the playoff?
1: I let you I already know, know that the answer. in a few minutes. <laughs> I, I already know the answer to that. But
0: uh to wrap up, Memphis beat SMU twenty-eight to eighteen, Houston beat Tulane forty-eight to seventeen. That sets up Memphis versus Houston for the AAC West for the right to go play against UCF. Memphis is the only team that has actually gotten close to beating UCF. They probably should have won that ballgame at the Liberty yes. Bowl. Um but obviously, it started raining, and Memphis can't play in the rain for whatever reason. It's like the wicked witch of the west or something. Uh, Utah State twenty-nine, Colorado State twenty-four. Hail Mary at the last second. Next, uh, Jordan Love uh, threw a touchdown pass with about forty seconds left in that ball game. That sets up Utah State against Boise State for the MWC Mountain Division. Fresno won the Western Division uh, last night, or the Mountain West West, whatever. <laughs> Uh, 23 to 14 over San Diego State. So you've got Fresno against the winner of Utah State and Boise State, which is actually the much more entertaining Group of Five conference right now. The Mountain yes, West it is. Is, is a lot of fun. Uh, the AAC has been. Ugh. Well, what yeah. you have
1: with with UCF and the AAC is the same thing that you had with Boise, ten, twelve, fifteen years ago. Yeah. Where there was nobody else in their conference that could play with them, and when they changed conferences and stepped up their level of competition, then you started seeing then you started seeing them have to get ready to play every week.
0: And, and it they're it still not quite. To, it didn't work out so well. Yeah, where they're losing a couple of games a year and and all that. So it will be a a fun weekend of football, to say the least. You're going to be back in tomorrow to go through that, but. For now, we are going to run through um, our top 10 and our playoff predictions. First, go to tentacle They got all the wonderful things on all their six sports books. And go over to winningcureseverything.com. We'll be back with our top 10 and our playoff predictions. The winning cures everything college football top 10 after week number 12. Brought to you, as every show is, by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can go check out all six of their awesome sports books over at tunicatravel.com. Let's fire into this thing. We're going to do our, our top ten from ten to one. Now, I don't think there's a whole lot of drama at the top. But at the bottom, it could be interesting, right? At least I would think so. I'm going to start us off. And then I'll, I'll give you, once we get through about five of these, I'll give you where the, the split is. Okay. Number ten, I've got Ohio State. And I thought about dropping them completely out yesterday. <laughs> but then I, I run into the problem of who else who do you else put in? Like I, I don't think you I don't think there's anybody to put in it. Well and
1: I'm kinda in the same place. My number ten's LSU. Because okay. why
0: not? Well, let's see. I've got LSU actually higher. So <laughs> I couldn't rank them any higher. Well, I, that offense is something. Something
1: bad. Something bad. But against teams that can't play defense. Yeah,
0: like, they they, can they, play. they might be able to. I, like I could see them putting up thirty something points on Ohio State, and I think their defense could maybe slow down Ohio State. I think you're so. Right. You know. Uh, who uh who have you got at ten? You got LSU. Got LSU at ten. All right, number nine for me. I dropped Oklahoma. I had them at six last week, and then I after they give up almost ten yards of carry and three hundred and thirty plus odd yards to Kansas, I just I gotta drop them back to nine. This is this is not a playoff team. We're thinking the same direction.
1: At nine, I've got
0: Ohio State. Okay. So, Which, these are the same team. Oklahoma and Ohio State are the same yes, team. Yes, they are. Uh, at number eight, after last night, I I moved UCF up. I've got UCF at number eight. Same, really? Absolutely the same. Okay, I I didn't know if because you're you're kind of the old guard. I don't like
1: them. I don't think that they've done anything to deserve being there.
0: They are annoying. But, but their, like but I their said about campaign the campaign, LA... it's
1: fantastic. Yes, it is. <laughs> but like I said about LSU, why not?
0: Yeah, who else are you gonna put up there? That's. I mean, they, they they've beaten. Cincinnati was the other best Group of Five team in their conference. Yes. And they smoked them. They beat them soundly. So at that point, I have LSU at number seven. I think that LSU would beat UCF, and and there's a chance we might get to see that game. And God, I really hope so, because it's going to put Chris in a weird spot. because <laughs> yes, like, He's is. an LSU fan, but he has been he's been cheering he's, for UCF. He's been tooting the UCF horn. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very much so. Very
1: much so. Uh, who have you got at seven? I've got Oklahoma at seven. I had them higher,
0: and then dropped them. Huh? All right. Now tell me why? Why would you have them over UCF? Or whoever. Like, do you... Name recognition. That's <laughs> You're just going to go on and throw it out there. Just put it out like, there. Like, just put it out Oklahoma. Name recognition. Okay. Because
1: okay. of where they've been the last five years.
0: That makes sense. I mean, they've been in these big games. Yes. Like, I don't think anything would shock them. Um, that's interesting. All right, and then number six, I've got Washington State. Same. Same. All right. We made I had
1: Oklahoma above Washington State and moved them
0: back behind. Yeah, it, because the, the defense is just atrocious for the Sooners right now. Yes. I mean, it's just bad stuff. Just bad, bad stuff. Um, All right, now before I move into the top five, I'm going to read off some numbers for you. So at my number 11 team would have been West Virginia, and I even thought about keeping West Virginia above <laughs> Ohio State. Uh, West Virginia, number 52 in yards per play defense. Ohio State, number 85. Oklahoma, number 78. UCF, number 45. LSU, number 23. And then Washington State, number 40. Now, let's move into the top five. Michigan is my number five team. I moved them from number four down to number five. I think Georgia is more talented. I'm just going to go and give you my four. I got Georgia at four. Who you got five and four? I've got Georgia at five and And Michigan at four. And I think it's about the same thing. Yes, it is. You know, at this point, it doesn't matter. We're going to see who's better because you get Georgia-Alabama and you get Michigan-Ohio State. You mentioned earlier a split. This is where the split happens.
1: Yeah. These five teams are there unless something goes goofy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and anything could go goofy. I mean, Michigan could absolutely lose to Ohio State this weekend. Yes. I don't think it'll happen. I don't either,
1: and I don't think it elevates Ohio State into the, into the, top, into four. the
0: top four. but You might be right. Um, here's the difference. Michigan is number two in the country in yards per play defense. Georgia is number 28. Does that surprise you?
1: Georgia is not as good defensively as they were last year.
0: No. they So Roquan Smith covered up a lot of uh, – he flaws. was really good. Yeah, he was a generational talent, and they they had really strong team leadership last year. Yes, they did. And I don't feel like they've got that this year. Well, like I think Jake Fromm is your leader, but like, who's the leader on on defense? You don't have is it Baker. You don't mm-hmm.
1: have the upperclassmen with this team that you had with the team last year. Yeah, Fromm last year could rely on. Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb to be the voice to be the voice to the entire team. Yeah, you don't have that this year.
0: No, no, you definitely don't. But
1: Kirby's replacing stuff with talent.
0: Uh, yes, and and, and I think this year is this was not the year. No, this next is a reload year, year. year. Yeah, next year is the year. And Agreed. That is going to be a scary, scary football team next year. Yes, it I is. do have Georgia at four because I think they're more talented. Um. I think if they played next week, I think Georgia would beat Michigan. But, you know, I mean, obviously this will all fix itself. Yes, it will. Um, Number three, I've got Notre Dame. Now, I feel like because Chris has been in my ear so much that I should have put Notre Dame at two because they got better wins. And, like, if, if we're not basing things on resume at this point, like, what are we doing? Like, Clemson hasn't really beaten anybody. Unless, I mean, you can say Texas A&M, but at that point, like, Alabama beat them significantly worse than than Clemson did. Clemson had to go on the road to do it. But but Clemson's
1: playing with a different quarterback
0: now, and they are much better offensively
1: than they were early in the year.
0: That's true. That is true. Um, You got the same thing. You got Notre Dame three. I've got Notre Dame three. I've got Clemson two,
1: and I've got Alabama one.
0: Alabama's one until until further notice. Uh, I did feel a little better watching Alabama in the second half yesterday, which I know sounds kind of kind of goofy, uh, but they they just looked healthier. It, which, you know, they it, it's like what you were talking about before, where like maybe they are, maybe they're not scoring as many points on purpose. Which is strange to think, but yeah, you just stop showing film. Couple of things that are a little bit
1: scary for Alabama right now. If Deontay Thompson and Damian Harris are not able to play, they've been they've been holding Damian Harris back all yeah. year. He's only averaged about eight carries a ball game. Yep, for the entire year. If those two kids are not able to play against Auburn and against Georgia in the SEC championship game. That's a completely different football team. Oh, yeah. Because you're losing leadership, number one, but you're losing some some really good talent that cannot be replaced.
0: With Deontay Thompson, it absolutely cannot be replaced. Now, there's a stable of running backs – there and are,
1: but none of them bring the same thing to the table that Damian Harris does.
0: Agreed. Uh, he can catch out of the backfield. He's Like Josh Jacobs, serviceable. Not even serviceable. Just really good. Josh but is a
1: good football player.
0: Completely different yes. kind of running back. Yes. Najee Harris, more your, your Derrick Henry type. Yes. Like a bruising, just pound it through the middle, whatever. Damian Harris is catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles. He
1: can do whatever you need yeah. him to do out of the same position. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah, that will be interesting. Um, do you feel like people have put, you know, we're going to talk about this in the playoff predictions. We're going to get to that here in a minute. All right. Um, as always, brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi. Go check them out at tunicatravel.com. Go over to winningcureseverything.com. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button for us. college football playoff predictions after week 12 brought to you by winningcureseverything.com and tunicatravel.com Tunica, Mississippi is the south's premier sports gambling destination they got six awesome sports books down there all the information on all of them is over at tunicatravel.com let's jump into this thing we're gonna make this one a shorter video today um for those that have not seen the other videos this is my father chris is in disney world this week so, he will be chiming in with his picks and whatnot. We'll, uh, we'll be tossing those, splicing them into our picks uh, video. And uh, Lee will be here for the picks as well as the previews later on in the week. So, um, let's go ahead and jump in. Did you do a 5 and 6 for your playoff prediction? I did not bring a 5 and 6. I don't think it necessarily matters. because, it, And Chris always does this, right? I bring a 5 and 6 because I want to know like who is the closest to it. And Now, for those that have not seen our playoff predictions before, this is what we believe will happen on Selection Sunday. This is not what the playoff should be if it ended today. This is what we think it will be at the end of the season. Now, Chris always says, 5 and 6 don't matter. They got left out. They're losers. Who cares? And I say, yeah, but like if you got a 5 and 6, then you understand where we were to get to... This point, right? So, my five and six, number six, I've got UCF because I think that they will move them up just to kind of get them to shut up. Like they won't let them in the playoff, but they'll rank them higher to show, well, we respect y'all because you know they're not going to go undefeated again next year. And if you just keep playing, (laughs) if you just keep going, just make sure you schedule that game right. Like just you know, did you see that Alabama? Now Alabama was never reached out to about it. But the Camping World Classic reached out to UCF just to kind of gauge their interest on, hey, would y'all want to replace Louisville and y'all play against Alabama? That would have been the highest rated game maybe of the season. Yes. It, it would, would have been. been insane. Uh and instead we get a, a 2 and 8 Bobby Petrino led team uh <laughs> that just gets a slaughtered. disaster. That turned out to oh, be. Oh man. Um yeah, that was bad. So, UCF at number six. I've got Washington State number five. Now, obviously, I believe there's going to be some chaos. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, let's start off with your number four. Who have you got number four?
1: I believe in much more chaos. Oh, really? I've got UCF at number four.
0: Now, is this because you, as an Alabama fan, want to play UCF? Or <laughs> or is this like an actual... This is an actual
1: prediction of what's going to go on. I've got a suspicion that Washington State doesn't make it out of next week.
0: I mean, that's that's not crazy because they haven't beaten Washington since Leach got there. so In a long time. Yeah. I've got Clemson at three. Okay, it's... You know what? Let's go through our four and then I want I want us to break down our, our scenarios. Okay. Um my four is Ohio State. Okay. Then I've got Notre Dame three, Clemson two, Alabama one. Last week I had Georgia in that top four because I thought Tua was done. I thought he was done, and and Jalen had not shown any signs of being any better. And not not that like it, it it would not be like uh, Jalen's just not good, even if he was healthy. Like Jalen was not healthy. Yes. And he was in a walking boot and whatnot. I didn't think Alabama with Mac Jones <laughs> or or a fifty percent Tua Tonga Aloa would be able to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. However, yesterday Tua playing without the knee brace on looks a lot healthier, his throws were more accurate. He's not. He wasn't overthrowing stuff. He could put pressure on that right knee, like he looked better. And if he is healthy, I think they can overcome some flaws in the defense if Thompson is out, if Harris is out, etc. I think that team rallies around that kid. So I think Alabama is is back in at number one for me. At Clemson at two, Notre Dame three, Ohio State four. What do you have at one and two?
1: I've got Alabama at one and Notre Dame at two. Okay using the logic that we have used, Notre Dame's wins are just better. Yeah. Even if Clemson runs the table.
0: And they have the 13th data point, and it they, doesn't matter.
1: And they beat whoever they beat in the ACC championship game. They still haven't played anybody. Okay. The best team on their schedule is Texas A&M.
0: That's, yeah. I mean, because Boston College got beat by... Florida State, NC State has got three losses. Um, but, like, it, what team doesn't have three losses at this point, right? <laughs> it's it, it, The only two Power 5 teams that have two losses are West Virginia and uh, LSU. And LSU will probably end with two, but, I mean, it, would it shock you if they lose to the Texas a and No. Wouldn't shock me at all. Wouldn't shock me at all either. Um, so my scenario is, is actually kind of simple. I think Washington State wins the Pac-12, I think Ohio State beats Michigan and then beats Northwestern. And Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama all went out. So it's nothing too crazy. I think Oklahoma will end up losing to West Virginia or Texas. or what They will lose a ball game because I think that defense is so bad that if any team can get stops at all on their offense, then they'll beat them. Um, And if they take a loss, then they are back out. So, that's I've got UCF at six because I don't think that the the powers that be want them in there. But, I mean, it would make for some serious ratings at least early. And I think that might be, like, so I think we've got number four. You've got UCF at four, and I've got Ohio State at four, and I think it's the same reasoning. Well, and it's, it's the logic that we used earlier with
1: Ohio State. I think that Ohio State beats Michigan at home. Okay. But I don't think that that's enough to to move Ohio to move State the into the top four.
0: Well, then how does UCF move into the top four? Because they're undefeated.
1: I've, I've got UCF at eight. Ranked immediately above them are Oklahoma and Washington State.
0: And if both of those lose? Both of those get beat. Okay.
1: Then I've got Georgia at five. If they lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game,
0: okay, okay, I I look at it this way, and this is the conspiracy theorist that that you turned me into. <laughs> Ohio State has got, and, and after yesterday's win over Maryland it, with the last second thing and whatnot, the viewership on that was going to be insane. They will have 5 of the top 16 most viewed college football games of the season. Ohio State. The last however many years whenever they whenever they have two teams that are kind of right there for that fourth spot, every single year it has gone to the team that averaged more viewers throughout the college football season. You mean ratings matter? Chris and I have talked, and Chris is so mad about this all the time because I tell him, this is a TV show. Like, this was made for TV. It is not, like, an actual legitimate championship. It is a TV show. Follow the money. Yes. And the money, I think, would be Ohio State. Unless. However. Unless you get UCF and Alabama, which has been built up and and... It nobody has, has thought it was even a remote possibility but if that game were to happen there would be a lot of people watching. Early. Yes there would. Yes there would. And, and maybe more so than would watch Alabama and Ohio State. Because I think everybody would see the same outcome for both games. Like Alabama would be expected to win both games by 20 some odd points. But I think the country would be more interested in a A G5 team. They would be interested in watching a team that can play a little defense. Yeah, and UCF, 45th in the country, uh, yards per play defense. Ohio State, 85th in the country. (laughs) It's really ugly. It's so bad. And, And UCF actually plays better offenses than Ohio State does. Yes. Like, that's what is so absurd about it. Like, Ohio State in the Big Ten is playing the slug it out, like, ground it out, all that running game, and Maryland had 300-and-something yards rushing on them. Like, that is just absurd to me. I don't, it, so, since we have a couple of minutes, did Tennessee dodge a bullet by not hiring Greg Schiano? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, is this Greg Schiano's fault for this defense being this bad, or is it just the culture of the program itself? I think it's just the
1: culture of the program itself. I, the one thing that you, that you have to remember about Ohio State is that they've got as much talent on the defensive side of the ball. As Alabama. As anybody else in the country. Yeah. It's a mental game. And they obviously are not there mentally. So, is that on the head coach for not getting them ready? Is that on the defensive coordinator for not teaching them properly? I,
0: I, it may just be a combination of all of it. Yeah. Culture. <sighs> it's nuts. It's nuts. All right. So, playoff prediction rundown. I've got four Ohio State, three Notre Dame, two Clemson, one Alabama. Who have you got? I'm
1: at UCF 4, Clemson 3, Notre Dame 2, Alabama
0: 1. I like it. I like it. So so we're going to see Clemson and Notre Dame play. I think so. I think that'll actually be a pretty good ballgame. All right, that wraps up this week.
1: I think they played last year. Clemson-Notre Dame? Yeah. Did they? I think so. I think it was early in the year last year.
0: No, no, no. You couldn't – or was it two years ago? I think it was two years ago. And Clemson beat him. Close. Late. Yeah. It was uh was it the Deshaun Kaiser year? No, it was three years ago. It's no. been a long time.
1: It's, I'm old.
0: It's it's been a little while because I, I believe that was man, let me think uh that was the year that it was like a monsoon yeah i think that was like 2015 that was that was <laughs> this is riveting radio riveting youtube all that but the wonderful thing about the internet is we can actually look up when they last played Da-da-da-da-da. let's see 2015 so and it was a close game So, October 3rd, 2015, Clemson won, I think, 24 to 22. Yep, 24 to 22. Yep, Notre Dame was number six. Clemson was number 12. This was before Clemson, like, had made the playoff and and went on this crazy run. So, that will wrap up our college football week 12 playoff predictions. Head over to tunicatravel.com. Tunica, Mississippi is the presenting sponsor of the show. they got six awesome sports books. Go over to the website, check them out. Winningcureseverything.com has got all of our stuff. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe. Leave some comments. Tell us what you think. What's your top four? Let us know. Dad will be back in for the rest of the week. We will have more videos up later on. We appreciate y'all guys being in here. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook. Facebook.com winningcureseverything you can follow us on Twitter at Winning Cures. You can follow myself at GaryWCE.
1: You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I.
0: You can also email the show. That's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time,
1: have a good one, guys.
0: Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes, and make sure you leave a review.